Blog Talk Radio. There was two kinds of slaves. There was the house Negro and the field Negro. The house Negro, they lived in the house with master. They dressed pretty good. They ate good because they ate his food. But he left. <laughs> they lived in the attic or the basement, but still they lived near their master. And they loved their master more than the master loved himself. They would, they would give their life to save their master's house quicker than the master would. The house Negro, if the master said, we got a good house here, the house Negro said, yeah, we got a good house here. Whenever the master said we, he said we. That's how you can tell a house Negro. If the master's, if the master's house caught on fire, the house Negro would fight harder to put the blaze out than the master would. If the master got sick, the house Negro would say, what's the matter, boss? We sick. I know you're going to dig this. Fight the power! 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Third Eye Vision. I'm your host, the Untamed Blogger. We had a little technical difficulty. I'm sorry, but I'm right back at you. How y'all doing out there? What's good, man, Blogger? You? You? Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, the boys is bugging out. Pardon us, people, for the technical difficulty. We do yeah. apologize. Yeah, my my boys is bugging out. It's your boy, the mad blogger. What's good with you, people? Yeah, it's the, the untamed blogger. My bad, people. Uh, yeah, we have a little problems. We fixed it right now, so everything's back in the mix. And guess yeah, what? We right back at you. You know what I'm saying? And Unaki, like I was telling them, like I was saying, I was talking, actually, in the mic. There was a problem with the mic. But what I was saying is, people, you know, this show we're doing is, we did two shows previously on this show on this um, subject, Anunnaki, but we felt that we didn't go in-depth with y'all about Anunnaki like we should. So we're going to come, we're going to sum everything up in a nutshell today on the Anunnaki, Planet Naburu, uh, Wormwood, and all that. All right, so for the people that don't know, you know, you will know today. And definitely a shout-out to all the people that support our show, our show and our blog, WordPress.com, Third Eye Vision. Greatly appreciate it. We're hitting 6,500. It's like crazy in days, days, days. People was aware. People's minds are opening up. Got anything mm-hmm. to say, Matt Blogger? Yo. It's good. Ain't nothing much, man, out here. I was checking the skies, you know, for planning Nubaru or whatever, see what... See what I can see out there Because, you know, I just caught me this little telescope or whatever Yeah, yeah You know what I mean? And it's crazy because down in Australia They see it like It's dead, man People, it's happening It's here For those that don't believe in the truth The truth is the truth As we always tell you This is happening This is happening This ain't no conspiracy yeah. theory This is reality Yes, indeed Yo, yo I wanted to ask you, too um, Untamed It's good, it's good. Um, Yo, that that um comet that's supposed to be coming over here. What's the new What's the new word on the comet that's coming over here? That's supposed to be well, technically, when we you know when you analyze the actual photograph of it itself, man, you know it looks like a spacecraft with two comet um, icing. Yeah, exactly. Be so, escorted uh, with uh with uh, other spaceships. All right, there's about uh, people not you know the reason is this. We're gonna sum it up real quick. The government's not gonna tell us because people go crazy. And to a certain point, you're kind of happy they don't say that there's some shit coming because people will definitely start bugging out. Yeah. All right, but yes, it's coming. It's supposed, they say it's a comet. It's not a comet. It's a spaceship. You can go see the footage close up. Over 500,000 people have the same picture taken from their cameras and analyzed. All right, it's a ship coming with an escorted fleet in the form yeah, of a comet. Exactly. You know, I, I wanted to know the, you know, the, the upcoming, the, the new, the new information about what's going on. Well, it that's should all. be visible. They say starting next month, November. Oh, okay. See, that's why I had to go cop that telescope, dog. Just I'm so telling you, we, we astrologers out this morning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we all <laughs> playing in the stars, man. Real yes, talk. man. Yeah, but you know, like we try to tell y'all, man. We always say like. This is reality. So we're going to go into what is written about the Anunnaki. Then my partner going to go into some things, and I'm going to go into some things, and we're going to just keep it flowing. All right, so the Anunnaki can also be transcribed as Anuna, Anunnaka, or Anunnaki. 
a group of deities in ancient Mesopotamian culture, which is Sumerians, Akkadians, Assyrians, and Babylonians. We previously spoke about that with all the holidays and the pagan holidays. If y'all follow the show like our followers do, for all the people that's new, rewind, go back, and follow the steps to this point. Now, the name is variously written, meaning something to the effect of those of royal blood or princely offspring. According to the Oxford Companion World Mythology, the Anunnaki are the Sumerian deities of the old primordial line. They are deities of fertility associated eventually with the underworld where they became judges. They take their name from the old sky god Anu. Their relation to the group of gods known as the Ligigi is unclear. At times the names are used synonymously, but in the ultra Hasis flood myth are the sixth generation of gods who have to work for the Anunnaki, rebelling after 40 days and replaced by the creation of humans. Now, this is written from Jeremy Black and Anthony Green off a slightly different perspective on Anunnaki writing. The term introduced in the old Babylonian period as a name for the ten great gods. While it sometimes kept that sense in later periods from the Middle Assyrian and Babylonian times on it, it's generally used to refer to the gods of heaven, collectively just as the term Anunnaku, Anua, which later was used to refer to the gods of the underworld. In the Epic of Creation, it is said that there are 300 Jiju of heaven. Okay, the Anunnaki pair in the Babylonian myth, and if you look on our site, we have the pictures and all that up there about the Anunnaki, you know what I mean, hieroglyphics and all that from um, Samaria and all that. All right, so it's real. So in the late version of magnifying Marduk, Marduk, after the creation of mankind, Marduk divides the Anunnaki and assigns them to their proper stations, 300 in heaven, 300 on earth. And in gratitude, the Anunnaki, the great gods, built Asalgia. The splendid They raise high the head of Vesalia Equaling Apsu Having built the stage tower as high as Apsu They set up in it an abode for Murduk Enlil Ia Then they built their own shrines That's the Tower of Babel people Alright um, You want to speak on something? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, I found another, some, some other information about the Anunnaki also you know what I mean, which was found in um, Genesis twenty five thirty two, also mm-hmm. known as the Jedi or Nephilim, right? Mm-hmm. Who were the Anunnakis? They were the Watchers, Watchmen assigned to watch. No, assigned to the Earth to watch over Yahweh's creation in the Garden of Eden and Earth. They were created by God as perfect angels. These watchers rebelled against God and their assignment and a mutiny followed as they abandoned their mission to oversee humans and began to defile the women of the earth by having offspring with them. This led to a giant defect in the DNA of the offspring and an eventual, almost complete contamination of the human DNA. By the time Yahweh destroyed the world with the flood, with a flood, excuse me, because of this contamination, only one family on earth was left with pure human DNA. But even after the flood, the watchers kept revolting and even more, and even more were punished and cast out of heaven, losing their first estate and habitation 
as they continue to defile women and human DNA. Genesis 6, 4. This hybridization and corruption of human DNA is still very much a part of our world, although the giant defect has been corrected and most hybridization goes undetected. Why is the church silent on UFOs, aliens, implantations, and forced greetings? All right? And then it goes into uh, what we have is like a kind of a depiction of the DNA strand, basically. So basically what they're saying is they they were considered like, you know, angels of the heavens or whatever, but the watchmen. But what killed me even more was the, the terminology used, the Jedi. That's the bug part about it. Yep, and we're going to go into that also, people. So you have to remember that there's also good and bad when you speak of the Anunnaki's because you also have the Sumerians, those, you know, you have in Hebrew, the Old Testament, you have Anakin, Anakim, close to mm-hmm. Anakin, Nephilim. Mm-hmm. Elohim, Egyptians, all right, and there's advanced civilization from the 10th planet in our solar system, which is planet X. They splashed down to the Persian Gulf area around 432,000 years ago, colonized the planet with the purpose of obtaining large quantities of gold. Some 250,000 years ago, the recovered documents tell us that their lower echelon miners rebelled against the conditions in the mine, and Anunnaki Directorate decided to create a creature to take their place. Enki, their chief scientist, and Ninsursag, their chief medical officer, after getting no satisfactory results splicing animal and Homo erectus genes, merged the Anunnaki genes with that of the Homo erectus and produced us. Homo sapiens, a generally bio-camera <laughs> species, from their purpose as slaves, because we were a hybrid. We could not procreate. The demand for us as workers became greater, and we were genetically manipulated to reproduce. Eventually, we became so numerous that some of us were expelled from the Anunnaki city centers, gradually spreading over the earth, having become a stable genetic stock and developing more precociously than perhaps the Anunnaki had anticipated. The Anunnaki began to be attracted to humans as sexual partners, and children were born of these unions. This was unacceptable to the majority of the Anunnaki High Council when it was decided to wipe out the human population through a flood that was predictable when the Ruru, the tenth in our solar system, and the Anunnaki home planet came through the inner solar system again around 12,500 years ago at one of its periodic 3,600-year returns. Some humans were saved by the action of the Anunnaki official, Enki, who was sympathetic to the humans he had originally genetically created. So for thousands of years, we were their slaves, their workers, their servants, and their soldiers in their political battles among themselves. The Anunnaki used us in the construction of their palaces. We retro-project the religious notions of temple on these now. Their cities, their minings and refining complexes, and their astronomical installations on all the continents. They expand from Mesopotamia to Egypt to India to South to Central America, and the stamp of their presence can be found in the farthest reaches of the planet. So around 6,000 years ago, they probably realizing they, they were going to phase off the planet, began gradually to bring humans to independence. Sumer, a human civilization amazing in its sudden, mature, and highly advanced character, was set up under the tutelage in Mesopotamia. 
Human kings were inaugurated as go-betweens foremen of the human populations answering to the Anunnaki. A strand of humans genetically enhanced with more Anunnaki genes, a bloodline of rulers, and a tradition of service of people was initiated. These designated humans were taught technology, mathematics, astrology, advanced crafts, and the ways of advanced civilized society in schools called now mystery schools. But there was no mystery about them. Okay, Gardner has brought to light the fact that there exists a robust, highly documented genealogical genetic history carrying all the way back to the Anunnaki, possessed by the heterodox tradition of Christianity, which is only now coming forward, no longer gun-shy of the Inquisition. This tradition, preserving the bloodlines, is the one branded heretical, heretical and murderously persecuted by the Roman Church. They were no dark ages for this tradition, only for those whom the church wanted to keep in the dark about the real nature of human history and destroy the bloodline in direct threat to the power of the bishops. So what evidence supports this thesis? The astronomical evidence. No concrete problem is going to be solved as long as the experts of astrology are too supercilious to touch mythical ideas. Which are firmly believed to be the plain nonsense, of course, as long as historians of religion swear to it that stars and planets were smuggled into original healthy fertility cults and naive fairy tales only very late. <clears throat> Once these unhealthy subjects should be neglected by principle, as long as the, you know, uh, they imagine that the familiarity with grammar replaces that scientific knowledge which they lack and dislike. Okay, so that's from, G- that's from Giorgio D. Santillana. Okay. Now, Tom Hurd discovered Pluto in 1930. Christie of the U.S. Naval Observation Observa- Observatory, excuse me, people, tongue-tied, discovered Chiron, Pluto's moon, in 1978. The characteristics of Pluto derived from the nature of Chiron demonstrated that there must still be a large planet undiscovered because Pluto could not be the cause of the residuals, the wobbles, and the orbital path of Uranus and Neptune. It's clearly unidentified. You know, so the the infra Astronomical satellite during 83-84 Produced observations of a 10th planet So robust that one of the astronomers On the project said that All that remains is to name it From which point the information has become curious And thought it So in 1992 Harrington and Vaughn Flandern Of the Naval Observatory Working with all the information they had at hand Published their findings and opinions That there is indeed a 10th planet Even calling it Intruder Planet the search was narrowed to the southern skies below the ecliptic plains, and Harrington invited Stitchin, having read his book and translations of Unuma Elish, to a meeting at his office, and they correlated the current findings with the ancient records. The recovered Enuma Elish document, a history of the formation of our solar system, and more says that at the time when Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Uranus, and Saturn were in place, there was a Uranus-sized planet called Tiamat, an orbit between Mars and Jupiter. Earth was not in place yet. A large wandering planet called Nibiru was captured in the system's gravitational pull. As it passed by the outer planets, it caused the anomalies of their moons, the tilting of Uranus on the side, the dislodging of Pluto from its being on a moon of Saturn to its own planetary orbit. Its path bent the gravitational pull of all the large planets. First, its satellites collided with the large planet Tiamat. And on the second orbit, though, Nibiru collided with Tiamat, driving the larger part of it into what is now Earth's orbit to recongeal to re where we at people. 
Excuse me, people. I lost myself. Okay. Excuse me. Now, Nabooru, now the large planet Tiamat, and on the second orbit, though, Nabooru collided with Tiamat, driving the larger parts of it into what is now Earth's orbit to, to recongenue as Earth, dragging its moon with it to become our moon with all its anomalies. The shattered debris of Tiamat's smaller part became the asteroid belt, comets, and meteorites. The gouge of our Pacific Basin is awesome testimony to the collisional event. Nabooru settled in a 3,600-year 3, elliptical retrograde, opposite direction to all the other planets, orbits around our sun, coming through the asteroid belt region between Mars and Jupiter at Perigree and swinging far out past Pluto at Apogee. Harrington acknowledged that this information agreed with all these details and the map that each had drawn of its orbit, which almost indistinguishably the current and probable location of Nabooru, Planet X, our 10th, estimated by both of these astronomers. Okay? His opinion is off the door. That's crazy, right? I know, we I know. That's, on, that's just crazy. That's in the rock? Yeah, go ahead. All right, all right, I got something. Um, these Anunnaki are not our creators. As you can see, they themselves were created... They were created beings by God in heaven and were assigned to watch over the earth. When they rebelled, they were cast out of heaven, their first estate, although they they still, they do still reign in the first and second heavens and inhabit other planets and star systems, visiting earth in UFOs. Many of them have underground bases here in the earth, in the Ensuing years, the theory of evolution will be discredited from the very founders themselves and their poems. They will then promote, through government disinfo scientists that mankind were created in the test tubes by these Anunnaki, and that these Anunnaki are our creators. This is part of the grand delusion and lie at the end of days. Crazy, right? These Crazy. Anunnaki, these Anunnaki are also known as Nephilim and several other names. Instead of preaching the truth, our churches change the truth into lies and preach the sons of Seth facade changing the truth of scriptures. These angels were sons of God who rebelled against him. Our churches also took out the book of Enoch out. Wait, wait, excuse me. Book of Enoch explains everything. Yeah, I know. Our churches also took out the book of Enoch out of the scriptures to hide this worldwide hybridization and the truth as to who these aliens are and what they are doing. To read the book of Enoch and learn the truth. Go there. Definitely, people. Hey. Definitely. Now. The code that they have, excuse me, the code that they have, have a lot of Hebrew and Aramaic um, depiction to it. Definitely. You did? Yep. Now, listen, people. 
There's genetic evidence. The genetic evidence that these Anunnaki's exist, it was recovered records placed in the location of the Anunnaki laboratory where the first humans were literally produced in Central East and East Central Africa just above their gold mines. This falls precisely on the map where the mitochondrial DNA search for Eve places the first woman, Homo sapiens, in the same period. The gold mining engineers of Africa have found 100,000-year-old gold mines in that area. The evidence for and description of advanced genetic engineering is all there in the ancient documents. Our rapid progress from inception to going to Mars soon, after only 250,000 years, does not correspond to the million-year periodicies of slow evolutionary development of other species, such as Homo erectus before us. As so many thinkers have pointed out, we are radically and anonymously different, as discussed in part three. Okay, and that's going to be our next show we're going to focus on. If, you know, we'll focus on, we're going to wrap this up official so people can understand, right, my dude? Yeah, 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 let's get it. Let's, let's massage their brain real quick. Before. Yeah, so now, the ancient records repeatedly describe Naboo as a radiant planet. This may be understood as having a high core temperature. Although controversial, there is also astrophysical opinion that a large body in elongated orbits is constantly tending towards circular orbit, and this causes stresses in the body that could generate a good deal of heat. That their planet is gradually cooling, maybe indicating by stitching interpretation that their colonizing Earth contains most of the gold identifiable in the solar system for the purpose of obtaining large quantities of gold for molecular seeding of the atmosphere with a reflective gold shielding. Pertinent here is Harrington's confident statement to Stitchin, that is, a nice, good planet could be surrounded by gases, probably has an atmosphere and could support life like ours. The sunlight level there might be quite different than on Earth. The Anunnaki was often depicted or sculptured with that, with what seems to be Obviously, sunglasses. So, if, however, the Anunnaki evolved on a radically different planet from Earth under quite different conditions to which to adapt, why should they have turned out to be so identical to human species? Okay, people, uh, we're going to be back Monday with part two of this series right here. Because we're going to keep going and we're going to get into Planet X. Uh, go ahead, my dude. I think we might give it to them on on, on a Saturday on a Saturday smokeout, so. All right, that's what you want to do. Give it to them uh, on a Saturday smokeout. Yeah, yeah, that's that's still up in the air. We're gonna roll the dice with that one, people. But most likely, part two will be give it to you on Monday. We keep you all informed. We keep you all informed. So you got anything to say, man? Yeah, man. First of all, I want to, you know, thank all the, the followers out there for, you know, for sticking around, you know, and absorbing all of this knowledge or whatever, you know, knowledge is power, you know. So, you know, I'd rather live aware than live in fear any day. Dick. All day, all day, all day. And you know to check us out at www.thirdeyevision.wordpress.com, politically incorrect third eye vision. Cornbread Copperfield at Twitter, the Untamed Blogger at Twitter, Tumblr, www.untamedscholarsent.webs.com. And you know how we do it. We are the past, we are the present, we, we are, are the, the future. Present. We are the future. And so we're going to ride out with Gangstar Mass Appeal, you know what I'm saying? So all the G's, they know about that in the club. 
Hello. Hello. Trying to chase me. 